Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. Seated. Amen. Pastor Pat asked me to share just a couple minutes. Um, last night I returned back from a trip to Washington, D.C., and it was a, it was a very unique trip. Um, I was invited by um, a lady here in our state that's a representative for Cindy and Mike Jacobs Ministry, uh, Prayer Reformation Network, General's Intercessor, Intercessors. Has anyone heard of Cindy Jacobs, Mike Jacobs? Just raise your hand real tall so I can see. Anybody? She is in her early 70s and has been around forever and ever. Um, she has, um, Kenneth Copeland's mother is her spiritual mother, and uh, she has been a prophet to the nations for many, many years. Um, this was such a, a unique meeting because there were women leaders from all over the nation and the world present at this meeting. And she has had such favor to go into countries as a prophet and speak to the governmental um, individuals of these nations. And she would give them words of knowledge and they would come to pass and just build these incredible relationships. Um, it was just such a wonderful example of uh, women that are obeying God in our nation and in the world. Amen? And if, if you have not been um, hiding your head in the sand, then you know that God is raising women up in these last days. Amen? In an unprecedented manner. In 2002, we did a ladies' conference that was called Healed for the Harvest. Uh, Dawn and some of you all probably remember that conference. That was like our first ladies' conference called Healed for the Harvest. And the Lord spoke to my heart today and He said, Tell the women to arise for the awakening. Amen? Arise for the awakening. You have been healed for the harvest so that you can arise for the awakening. And so He spoke to my heart today to, um, to hand out some papers. So can I have, um, Barb, can you help me and... Um, Emily, will you come help me? Just, I want to give one of these to every lady in the congregation. Just split them up a little bit. We have a couple more. And then when you get these, I want to just quickly hand them out to every lady and uh, help get them out here, girls, so we don't have to take up a lot of Pastor Pat's time. I'm going to be in trouble if I do that, Faith. Okay. Um, he spoke these four things to me, and he wants... Every one of you ladies to write one of these four things down. If you, if you want to write down more than one, then do that. But there's one area that is just resounding in your life. And I believe it's encompassed in these words that he gave me. So I want you to write your name on the piece of paper. I want you to write your mobile telephone number, if you don't mind me having it, and your email, if you don't mind me having it. But I want you for sure to put your name on there and some sort of point of contact. And then I want you to write one or more, but specifically one. Write one in all capitals. And if you have another one, just write it in lowercase so that that will speak to me, okay? 
There was four areas where you as an individual feel the Lord tugging on your heart. It just continually keeps coming up in your, in your personal life with the Lord, and you just can't run away from it if you try. Amen? You all know about that kind of thing? The first one is to preach or teach. How many of you know that God calls women preachers and teachers? Amen? Amen. He said there's neither male nor female, neither Jew or Greek. So God does not recognize his call by a gender. Although we've been taught that traditionally in religion, you know, we've been taught some things that just simply aren't the truth. And I'm so thankful that I have a husband that was taught one way, but then humbled himself enough to say, you know what, if I don't release my wife, I'm going to be in big trouble. I believe when I went to Africa back in 2005, he did not want me to go as a husband. He said, you don't know that guy. You don't know those people. And I said, I know, but I feel like I'm supposed to go. I feel like I'm supposed to go to Africa. And the Lord arrested you. Remember when you were laying on the couch, what did he say? Oh, you got your thing? Oh, what did, what did the Lord speak to you when you were laying on the couch about letting me go? Um, if I, I'd be held responsible if I didn't release you and let you go. and I didn't want to see what that would look like. By the Lord, not you. Yeah. Maybe okay. a little of both. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. My son was three years old. I even had women come up to me and say, how can you leave that little baby and go to Africa? How many of you know that's the devil's way of using shame and condemnation? Amen? Because when you're in the perfect will of God, you're in the safest, best place for yourself and your family that you could possibly be. So I want you to write one of these four things. The end of that story is another lady came up to me and said, looked me right in the face and said, I am anointed to watch your son while you go to Africa. And that's all I needed. Liberated me. So if you feel a call on the inside to preach and teach, if you feel a call to preach or teach, that doesn't necessarily mean up here. It means small group. It can be all different ways. I mean, we can preach to one or 5,000. It's in there. If it's in there, it's in there. Number two, a call to pray. You just want to pray all the time. You don't know why, but you're drawn to any kind of intercessory prayer thing. You just pray, pray, pray. You, you pray before you brush your teeth. You know, I, I mean, just constantly praying. Number three, prophecy. Apostolic prophetic, you're drawn to the prophetic. You're drawn to words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You're drawn to that camp. Or number four, prepare. You love helps ministry. You're constantly wanting to decorate or clean or cook or just support other people in ministry. So write one of those four down. Preach, teach. You can write preach. I'll know what you're talking about. Preach, pray, prophesy, or prepare. That was so cool. They all had peas. I thought that was confirmation it was the Holy Ghost because it was so cool. You guys are just out there, aren't you? Preach, pray, prophesy, or prepare. Write one of those things down, and then please give it to me personally. Hand that to me personally. I'm going to pray over those, and we're going to obey God to mobilize the women. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke, for... I'm glad we have somebody going to Washington that knows us. How many say amen? Amen. amen. Alberto is back, right? He's back. Alberto's back home, right? He's healing. Continue to pray for Alberto. He's had surgery. 
And uh, Daniel is back and being healed as he goes. And uh, let's just pray for those who are walking out healing right now. Amen? Father, we just thank you today, as Brooke said. We're called and set aside to serve you. And I thank you today that according to the word of God, that in sometimes healings was instant, Lord Jesus. Sometimes people just receive their healing instantly. And that is wonderful. And then sometimes, even when Jesus prayed for them, Lord, when you prayed for them, sometimes they said, I still don't see. He just prayed again and thanked God the Father for healing. And then sometimes as the lepers, they were healed as they went. They walked it out. So, Father, we thank you for those today that are walking it out by faith. We thank you today, Lord, we're the healed of the Lord. And we thank you today just faith the size of a seed of a mustard seed. A mustard seed is more than enough to move that mountain. And Father, help us understand the power of our words, the power of our authority of our tongue, and help us to agree with the word and speak what the word says, Lord. And help, our, help us, Lord, when we fight unbelief and confusion. And you're so patient with us. And, and, and like Brooke was talking about today, Lord, you just love, you love us so much and have a place for us. We give you praise for that. And everybody said amen. Well, look at your neighbor and say, it's going to cool off someday. Everybody do that. Now, how many believes that? How many honestly believes that? Well, it is, and we're going to get a little rain and going to get some things going on, but it's going to cool off a little bit here, and we're going to have a good time, and uh, God's going to be a blessing unto us, as He always is, and uh, we thank God for that. If you turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and uh, we're going to be looking again about what the, we know here is getting, getting our head on straight. How many's ever been told before that you need to get your head on straight? How many's ever been told to straighten up and think straight and do all those things? And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Last week, um, Cody did a great job. How many was here last week? Cody did a great job of teaching on the uh, enemy number one's the devil, Satan himself, that'll come to lie to us to bring wrong thoughts. The enemy number two is uh, the temptations of the world that deals with our flesh, deals with the lust and pride of life, uh, confusing us and Number three, our enemies are just fallen flesh. So he, he talked about that. Last week, about 15 of us went to the lighthouse to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the lighthouse. And uh, how many here went? How many was there last week? We had a great time. Uh, that's part of our route. I've uh, officially, my roots in churchdom is Dallasburg Baptist Church, 12 miles up the road, and then the lighthouse in Ointon. And that goes along for my brother and his family and my sister and so forth. So... We had a great time. How many agree with that? Brother Frank and Lynn led the music. We had a lot of people come back from yesteryear. And uh, it was uh, just a great anointed time. And uh, we're believing great, great things for the history of the Lighthouse to move forward with a very young couple who are very gifted and good kids and so forth. But anyway, back here about getting our heads on straight. When you get born again, how many here is born again this morning? When you get born again, you've asked Jesus in your heart, Instantly, God comes in your heart, in my heart. Instantly, God comes on the inside of us. And that's done with. That, you know, the devil can't do anything about that. That's over. He's lost your eternity forever. He's lost your soul in that, your spirit. But we have our head to deal with. Now, let me tell you this morning. Most of our problems are our head is messed up this morning. Now look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I know I got some messed up thinking. Everybody do that right now. 
Now, wives, how many would ever say your husband's heads are messed up? Husbands, how many could ever say your wives' or heads are messed up? Listen, guys, our soul has taken some bruising growing up. We've been hit in our head, not literally, but hit in the soul of our life with wrong thinking, with negative words, with imaginations. The devil's a master at painting imaginations, false pictures. And he wants us to believe his word over God's word. Now, if we don't know God's word, if we don't know God's word, we're going to lean to what the world has taught us with wrong thinking, with negative actions, with wrong imaginations. And out of the abundance of how we think, that's what we're going to be acting on and talking on. And guys, listen, a whole lot of our issues are, are tied to our tongue. And God wants us to call things not as though they were. He wants us to call what we desire and not talk about what we have. Does that make sense? Um, Charles Capps, if you, listen, if you want to you grow your faith and understand the power of confession, I encourage you to go to YouTube and look up a minister named Charles Capps. And he, for several years, he was a farmer in England, Arkansas, and a businessman. And he got a hold of the Word of God, got a hold of the, the Word of faith, and he understood the power. He wrote the power of your tongue that created a miracle in your mouth. He, he wrote so many things, and it's on YouTube. You can watch him. It's 30, 40 years old, some of his messages. But it's still the truth. And basically, we had Charles Capps one time here. We just got in the building. He, he, called, he called here, and he had a church cancellation in Ohio, and he said, I'm going to be in the area. Can I come? He had his own little plane. He landed at uh, Madison, and he come and taught. How many was here the night he taught? Anybody here besides me? He taught us. And you know what he taught us? Don't call the cat if you want the dog. He said, don't stand out on the end of the porch and, and, and go, kitty, 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 if you want the dog. Basically saying, don't call what you don't want. You know, our tongues are powerful. Our tongues are powerful. I mean, science has proven that. Medical science has proven that. But God's Word tells us those things, that life and death in the power of the tongue. How many believes that? But it's easy just to say things that the world's saying. It's easy to say things, well, you know what? Uh, no one's ever, nobody in my family ever gets ahead, or I'm always on the wrong end of the stick, or I never win anything. Or, and, you know, it's easy to say those things because that's what the world's saying. But if we begin to say what God says, our flesh says those things, but if we begin to say what the Spirit of God says, we're going to agree with our daddy. How many knows this wisdom to agree with your daddy? How many say amen? So we're going to talk about the healing of our heads and getting our heads on straight. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. You know, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I, we had an honor to do a wedding yesterday. D.C. Craig grew up in this church. Married a young lady, Kelsey, from Oldham County, and some of, some of us were there, and it was 94 degrees out in an open field. It was a beautiful time. Hallelujah. And uh, for the first time ever, I told them, I said, uh, I'm on the clock today, and I'm going to watch the clock a little better. Um, but you know what? I, I, I did something that uh, I learned as a kid, but I never did quite understand it. Uh, my dad and my grandfather had a guy that helped us on the farm, and his, his, his nickname was Ham. 
ham bone. But anyway, he always wore long sleeve shirts in the summer. Couldn't figure it out as a kid. So yesterday, I went to prove that theory was right or wrong. And I wore a long sleeve shirt with a coat over it. And I sweat like a pig if they could. But anyway, I learned that everything you learn as a child might not work out. So that's why I'm speaking this today too. Look what it says. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God wouldn't ask us to do something if we couldn't do it. Do not be conformed or shaped or squeezed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, right after that, he goes into spiritual gifting. Isn't that amazing that he tells us that renewing our mind is going to release spiritual gifting in our life? Spiritual gifting. You're loaded with gifts. God didn't send you here empty. You are gifted with gifts from heaven according to what uh, Pastor Brooke was talking about this morning, preaching, teaching, preparing, praying. These are gifts right here. Verse 6 says, if you have gifts differing according to grace that's given, use them. If it's prophecy, use it. In the coaching world, we say this, if you don't use it, you'll, you'll lose it. And that's what we want to do, help prepare everyone to move forward and to learn their giftings and to use their giftings and move ahead. So the Amplified says it this way. I appeal to you, brethren. Paul is begging, listen to me. Brethren, I beg of you in full view of all the mercies of God. Let's listen to how he's opening up. To make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, and consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable rational and intelligent service with spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world or this age. Be fashioned after or adapted to its external superficial customs. But be ye transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good an acceptable and perfect will of God. Even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight for you. And in verse 3 it says, For by grace, which is divine favor of God, unmerited favor of God, divine influence on the heart, He says, Given unto me, I warn everyone among you not to estimate or think of himself more highly than he ought to, not to have an exaggerated opinion of his own importance, but to rate his ability with sober judgment, each according to the degree of faith apportioned to God by him. So Paul is telling us that we cannot allow pride to get into the healing process of what God is doing and renewing our mind. And the truth is here, guys, Jesus didn't say, go get people converted. He said, go make disciples. Guys, the hard part of our walk is being discipled by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus, the head of the church. Being willing to being changed, being willing to repent when we know things are wrong, being willing to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. And we, we have 
here, now, in the 30-year-plus history of this church, the most complete system of discipleship we've ever had. We've always had some level of discipleship. We've always had new member classes and foundation classes. But now we have with next steps. How many has been through next steps? Raise your hand. Cody, you want to stand up and tell them what next steps is? Cody, Cody oversees our next steps program. Listen to what next. Amen. So we encourage everyone, whether you've been here since day one as myself, or you just come in the last couple weeks or six months, we encourage everyone, the first thing to do is go through next steps. See who we are, what we do, and start identifying your gifts. And then from next steps, we encourage everyone to hook up in our small groups. We do a small group in the spring now, entering in the first of summer, but I'm the last one and I have the fourth quarter group. And then we have a fall session. And small groups can run from six weeks to eight weeks. And it could be anything from doctrinal teaching, um, Frank taught and Leanne taught the authority of the believer. I think it was six sessions, seven sessions. I can't remember. Um, yeah, and it could be anything from doctrinal teaching to relational gathering where uh, some groups get together. They have Bible study. They have prayer. They play ball. Some are built around uh, food and it's all kinds of things. Some are built around young married couples. But we encourage you to get into that. And in doing that, we encourage you also to be involved in Revive which is getting into, th could I have that book just a second? Uh, which, which is, yep, you, okay, Peggy, you want to come up here and share about this, huh? Getting into, you got a microphone there. Getting into these things because, listen, this is all about renewing our mind. Listen, and listen, listen to me, guys, listen to me as your pastor and your friend. Here's what's becoming more and more aware to me at 65. We pass everything we are down to our children, good and bad. I mean the good stuff you're so proud of, you're ready to pop your buttons off, but some of the bad stuff you're going, dear God, they do what I do. They talk like me. They, and and we, want to have the, we want to have our mind renewed with the mind of Christ because we want to prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And some of the things we do is teach on these biblical principles, untangled relationship, and uh, amen. Ms. Dunley. All right. So Revive consists of, there's three workbooks we work out of. Uh, the first one's Untangling Relationships. And basically, it, it takes you through 12 weeks, and it takes you from your childhood. And basically, we have some broken or childlike behaviors that we we don't really know we have and, so, and when we start getting into the workbook we say oh yeah that's why that's not working or that's why I have this problem or that's why I keep you know getting into the wrong relationships but the Holy Spirit does the work and it's amazing because it's a safe place we, we're starting with women and it's a safe place and uh, we, we go through the workbooks with Holy Spirit at home and then we come and we meet um, in the classroom and we share only what we want to share, or if you even don't want to share, you don't have to. It's and it's a safe place, and the Holy Spirit does the work, and uh, He heals us, and we we renew our minds. It's it's biblically based, and we renew our minds, and we get insight and truth, and we apply it to our life, and it's amazing and it's wonderful because you get set free. You you feel freedom. You feel the freedom. You when when you're um, up against a situation, you'll have the tools 
to go through it, and, it, and it'll be healthy relationships. It'll be healthy. And uh, it's, it's God's will. It's God's will. And then the second, we do that for 12 weeks, and then the second class is conquering codependency. Um, that's uh, the next step after the untangling. And now what we're doing right now is called the In Him class. And it's a three-book series. It consists of the booklet of um, In Him booklet. Most of you probably read it. And then the um, Grace, the Power to Change. And now what we're doing is the, the Believer's Authority. And um, it's amazing. It's, it, we, we take the women from a whole, for a whole year, basically, um, there's breaks in between the classes, but Holy Spirit does the work, and now we're seeing these ladies get set free, as myself got set free of a lot of wrong thinking, wrong behaviors, patterns, and now moving into our calling, uh, what God is calling us to do and moving us in ministry. So um, it's Amen. it's powerful. It's awesome. And Amen. It's, like it's part of, thank you, huh? it's part of discipleship. Take it back okay, to Part of discipleship, part of working together. Um Everybody look up just a second. My grandmother on my dad's side had a left weak ankle. Her left ankle gave in. The older she got, the more she walked, her instep, she walked in. And a left weak ankle, her shoes wore that way. My father, my father, as stout as he was and all the man he was, had a left weak ankle. The older he got, it just developed and gave into it. I looked at my, my heel the other day and noticed my left heel is turning in like my daddy and my granddaddy. And you know what? That's been passed down to me genetically. But I believe God, I'm starting to speak to my ankle now. I'm going to see that thing straightened up. How many agree with me? Listen to me. We pass down thoughts and imaginations and processes of our mind to our children and grandchildren more than we know. And if we can pass down the word of God, which brings hope, I may say amen. And we can pass down that no matter what has come in your life, it can be broken off of your life by the Word of God. I had asthma when I was little. Y'all have heard me tell this story. I've had asthma. And I wheezed and wheezed, and I couldn't play hide and seek because every time I'd hide, they'd hear me wheezing. I felt like the worst hide and seek player in the world. In the dark. I always wanted to play in the dark. And I'd run and run and get me in a real good place. And then all they'd hear go, They'd find me. It took me a while to figure out they're finding me because I'm wheezing, not because I'm hiding in a bad place. Now watch this. How old was Carson when he's diagnosed with asthma? A year old. Carson. Diagnosed with asthma. Things flow downhill. The anointing flows downhill. Bad things flow downhill. We want the anointing to increase in our children and our grandchildren. Amen? We want faithfulness to increase. We want commitment and dedication to increase. We want the power of the Holy Ghost to increase. But also bad things pass down. A little before one, Carson was diagnosed with asthma. Diagnosed with asthma. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I didn't know the authority and the power we have in the Word, Brooke and I, I just accepted what the doctor said. Thank God for doctors. How many thanks God for doctors? They diagnose facts. But the truth is, faith will supersede facts because on the back of Jesus, 39 stripes plus 1, he's healing for all diseases from my left heel to asthma. So Brooke and I took our authority as the mom and the dad, and we stood our ground, and Carson does not have asthma. 
Now, he's a big boy now. He's got to take care of his own opportunity to wheeze. When you grow, you can't rest on mommy and daddy's authority anymore. You've got to stand up and learn how to take your own authority, how to think and declare what God says for you, and be and do what God's called you to do. How many can say amen to that? Turn to 2 Corinthians with me. We're talking about speaking right, declaring what God says. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're talking about declaring what God says. Praise God. I'm telling you, God's got a great life for all of us. God's got a great life for us. And if you start believing that, you and I start believing that and start receiving that, the devil's going to come and lie to you. Anytime the devil lies to you, anytime he opens up his mouth, he's going to lie to you. So here's a good thing to remember. If the devil's telling you something, the opposite of it is true. If the devil's telling you you're supposed to not live long, the opposite is God said with long life. First service, we celebrated Mr. Sandy Wilhoit's 90th birthday this Wednesday. He'll be 90. He's still mowing four yards. He's still driving his truck. He's still cooking his meals. He's still living his life. He's still serving God. He's still following God. He's still honoring God. And he expects to live more years. How many say amen? You won't hear pity out of him. You won't hear complaining out of him. He just is going to tell you what God promises. So the Bible tells us here's, we're in a spiritual war. Now, everybody in here, I believe, is born again this morning. Say this with me. In my heart is Jesus Christ. He'll never leave me or forsake me. All right, so you're going to heaven. Now, what I want to talk about is how much heaven you're going to have on earth. Because if we don't renew our mind with the word of God, we're not going to have a lot of heaven on earth. And if we don't renew our mind with the word of God and be discipled and, and love God, we're not going to be able to look at things the right way, talk the right way. And listen, guys, it's not a formula. It's about knowing him. When we know him, we're going to start talking like him. When we know him, we're going to start walking like him. When we know him, we're going to start thinking like him. And the Bible says as we continue to know him, it's a process. It's over and over. He took three full years, a little over three full years, to pour into those 12 disciples, and one of them failed on him. And I want to encourage you, when failure is not fatal unless you stay down with the fall. Let me say it again. Failure is never fatal unless you stay down with the fall. Whatever knocked you down, whatever you slipped on, whatever happened. How many knows a righteous man falls, but seven times seven gets you back up? Amen? In a day. So I want, to, I want you to look at this today, the spiritual war we're in. And I want you to look at what it says in verse 3, in chapter 10, uh, 2 Corinthians. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war against the flesh. The Amplified says, for we live, for we walk and live in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according of the flesh and using human weapons. Your wife's not your problem. Your husband's not your problem. Your kid's not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. My problem is not my grandmother's genetic flaw in her left heel. It's not my dad's genetic flaw in his left heel. It's up to me to believe that Jesus took all the heel problems the world would ever know on the cross, and I have a good heel. I can do some things in the natural to, to help it, but also I'll begin to declare what the, God, the Word of God says, that my tendons and my ligament, ligaments are strengthened. We've got to speak. Guys, listen, some of us were raised never to speak in church, much less out of church. we got to speak. I mean, some of us grew up in churches, if anybody made a boo-boo, the whole thing fell off the tracks. 
That's why between songs, when, when, when Cody or Frank is resetting to do a song, just say thank you, Jesus. Say something. Just do something to stir yourself up. Praise God. We're going to heaven, and we get to have some heaven on this earth. How many believes that? I'm telling you, the, the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well and attractive. And look what it says in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience. What's that mean? You examine every thought that pops in your head. You examine that thought and see, does it line up with the Word of God? Let me say amen. Of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? I've watched people over the years start saying something. Job said the thing, Job said the thing I feared the most has come upon me. Let me, say, let me say this to you guys. The devil doesn't know what you're thinking today. He has no idea what you're thinking today. He is not the flip side of God. He's a created being. He does not know what you're thinking. He only knows what you're thinking when you speak it or act that way. I've watched this over the years. I've seen, I've seen people start saying this. My wife's really good looking. I don't know why she's with me. My wife's really good looking. I don't know why she's with me. I've seen that, I've seen that de-escalate to a point where I don't deserve her. And you know what? That, that opens up the door for the devil. How many say amen? I'm telling you, how many men, how many love your wives here today? Well, protect them. Defend them. Pray over them. Love them. And if somebody looks at them crossways, thump them. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, don't do that. I got, I got a preacher friend that's still fighting jealousy. Great preacher, young man. And we, I, he's kind of like a son in the face of Brooke and I. And, but he still fights jealousy. And he says he still fights jealousy. And he's got a buddy, his best buddy in, in life is, a, is a, just a crazy preacher in Orangeboro. And he just laughs and fun and just crazy. And he, he runs up and squeezes this guy's wife just to get a rise out of it. He'll just squeeze it. He was walking through high school one day, looked in the class she was in, and this guy just sat down by her to get some notes. So he was asking her for some notes. This guy, my buddy, he's, he's walking through the hall, looks in there and sees this guy getting notes from her, kicks the door open, throws the guy on the floor, starts pounding him in the head. They had to drag him off. He said, I had a slight jealousy problem. I said, slight's not the word. <laughs> he found another kid talking to his wife. She, uh, she was a cheerleader. And he, he was a basketball player, football player. He found a JV guy who had played his game talking to his wife in the stands. She wasn't cheering that night. So game's over. The JV guy come back to the locker room for whatever reason. And uh, he tied, he's closing a knot and hung, hang him to the ceiling, a water pipe. They done turned off the lights and shut the building down, lost that kid. Had to come down and cut him down. He said, I was getting a haircut a few years ago, and the guy beside me said, you tied me to a water pipe once and left me in the school. I said, all I was doing was asking your, your girlfriend. To, Listen, guys, God wants us to protect. Listen, if you don't know what belongs to you, you won't protect it. You won't defend it. If you don't know healing belongs to you, you won't protect it. You won't defend it. If you don't know sober-mindedness belongs to you, you won't, you won't protect it. You won't defend it, and you'll turn over things. Look what it says. Casting down these arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is full. We have to learn how to 
do these things, and we have to be religiously consistent with it. We're transformed, changed by the renewing of our mind. And we can live in these, these realms of freedom that God has for us. We need to saturate our mind with the Word of God, then change will follow. And you can get your head on straight by thinking the right thoughts instead of the bad thoughts. The devil's going to send bad thoughts, negative, destructive thoughts. No one likes you. Your life's over. Your, your best part of you is behind you. Your marriage is empty. You don't have any fun. Nobody wants to be your friend. You're boring and pitiful. The devil's going to pound you and me with those things. And if these things percolate, now some of you young people don't know what a percolating coffee thing is. High members of percolating coffee. And starting that early in the morning, that thing popping and cracking and Maxwell House and Folgers and the smell of coffee got you up and you percolated it. It got to go over and over and reheat and so forth. If these thoughts continue to percolate, and we don't take them captive, they'll go to the next level. And they'll move from a bad thought into a bad argument. And we'll start arguing at the second level with the truths of God's Word. And these arguments, these thoughts, will become presumptions that we know what's ahead for us. And we'll find ourselves arguing to defend the thoughts that's come to your mind. I deserve better. Just think on how much fun I could have if I forgot this Christian stuff. How many's ever had the devil... I'm the preacher. How many's ever had the devil tell you you was better off before you served God? Anybody ever had that happen to you? I'm the preacher. He's told me that, hey, life was a lot more fun before you had these churches and all this stuff. He's a liar. And there's no truth in him. But we can't allow those thoughts to percolate. You know, just the thoughts. You know, I just smoke just one drink. That ain't going to take me too far. Just one more joint. That ain't going to take me too far. Just one more line of cocaine. Just two more cheeseburgers. Whatever it is, whatever it is, he's going to come at you and try to get me and you to believe that there's nothing better ahead for you. And if we let those things percolate and we let those things take root in our mind, we'll go from bad thoughts to bad arguments and then the devil will try to take us back to our former lifestyle and if we don't begin to deal with it and cast it down, say, no, that's a lie, devil. There's no truth in you. I've replaced that with the Word of God. I'm, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the blessed of the Lord. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. If we don't do those things, then the third level is this is the bad one, the worst one. Now, that's a stronghold, and it's all your mind thinks on. And, and if you don't see something about these thoughts and arguments and presumptions, imaginations, they'll become strongholds in your life, and, and you'll be transformed into doing these things. You'll be trapped into a lifestyle you don't want. Thank God he's given us victory through the power of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. How many can say amen to that? And the whole thing starts in our mind. The whole thing starts with the, the progress of listening to wrong thoughts. And we're learning how that what God has for us is available to us and finding God in his Word is our first order of business. And when we grow with him and in him, we find out who he is, we find out what we have, we find out our authority, and we find out what's going on in our life. And I want to close with this in Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. And God even tells us what to think about. Now how many told, heard me tell the, the car story with my dad? Driving in the car story. Well, some of you are new, but I, I can explain this to you real quick. 
Listen, your heart can be perfectly right with God. Your heart can be on course with God. But if we don't constantly allow the Spirit of God renew our mind, teach us, become disciples, we'll live a life less suitable than what God has for you on this earth. Um, it was in the, the early 70s, and um, my brother was playing basketball, and my cousin was playing basketball. It was a district tournament. They played for one county. It was a district tournament in Henry County. And my dad never was much on saying, hey, I need this or that. He just jumped and get and whatever. I had a 1970 red, black vinyl, uh, custom T-Bird, Ford T-Bird. And it was pretty and it was nice and it burned a lot of gas. But if I had it today, I could sell it and pay for a lot of stuff. Amen. If I had my 60, 69 uh, Roadrunner, blue, black vinyl top, mags, Mickey Thompson tires, I could sell it and pay for a lot of stuff today. Amen. And if I have a 1968 GTO gray, black vinyl top, pinstripe, Mickey Thompson's, air shocks. I mean, she was bad, bad, bad. But, boy, she burnt gas. All I do is drive to a place, let people drive around me and look at me because I couldn't, I had to get home. If I had those three cars today, Brooke and I would take a short trip to the Bahamas. And, but anyway, but that T-Bird, that T-Bird, that Friday night, my, my dad took off to Newcastle to watch my brother and my cousin play basketball. I don't even remember who won the game. I don't remember any of that. Okay, Saturday comes. We're out working. And it's Saturday afternoon. I'm getting ready to head to town. And I go out. And I never kept my car super clean. Uh, but I just, for whatever reason, looked in my car. And I got in there. And, I, you know, I didn't know if Daddy put any gas in or not. Didn't care at one point. But when I stepped down in the driver's seat of my 1970 red, black vinyl top, Thunderbird, custom Thunderbird, and I put my feet in on the floor, and those big old furry floor mats, I heard a squish. And I thought, well, that's strange, squish. And it didn't even rain. It couldn't have rained in on my car. Then I put my other foot down and squished it. Around the, input, uh, the, the imprint of my size 12 double E shoe, I saw this amber-looking color come up through the floor mat. I leaned back instantly. I knew what was happening. I mean, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I will eventually get the, the apple peeled. And I stomped it, and it jumped up at me, and the whole floorboard was filled with ambeer. At that point, my daddy not only chewed tobacco, it looked like he chewed baseball-sized chugs of tobacco. Anybody knew him back then? I mean, it was just, in fact, in fact, it stretched his jaw out. It took years for his jaw. So I looked in the floor, and I went in there, and I said, Daddy, can you come out here a minute? And he, he did, and this is like 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. We're just getting ready to quit to go whatever we're doing Saturday. And I'm going to go to town, press somebody, long before you, honey, impress somebody. I said, Daddy, what is that in the floorboard of my car? He said, well, let me just talk to you this way, honey. I said, all right. He said, I thought you would have more sense than to buy a car without window cranks. I said, window crank. He said, there's no window cranks, front or back. No window cranks. You can't get the window down. I said, I hadn't went three miles. I couldn't get the window down to spit. So I said, let me finish the story, Daddy. You spit all the way from here to Newcastle in the floorboard of my car. He said, absolutely. I said, why did you do that, Daddy? He said, because you bought a car with no window cranks. So I turned the ignition on and hit that little silver button and that window went, and he looked at me like I'd discovered Panama. He just, <laughs> then I hit the button and took it back up. Whoop. 
And I said, Daddy, that's called an electric window. He said, well, I'll be. <laughs> I said, well, I'll be. So he said, I didn't know cars had electric windows. And I was waiting for this. My dad was far beyond average and, and aptitude and aptitude and all those things. I was waiting for him to say, where's the cord to plug it in? But he never did. And I said, Daddy, you, you rumped my floor mat. And, like I cared, but you ruined my floor mat. You know, we live this Christian life spitting in the middle of our path because we don't know where everything's at. And we don't know we have authority in Christ. And we don't know we can have the mind of Christ. And we don't know that the helmet of salvation protects our mind. And we don't know these things, so we just mess up our own pathway of spitting in the floor because my people perish for lack of Proverbs 4 says, get wisdom and get understanding, and all you get, get the understanding to make the changes. And that's where we're at, guys. That's where we want to help each other, make these changes. Man, I, I, I want my kids to, I don't want my son to have a left indention of his heel given in. I don't want my son and my daughter to have, how many say amen? I'll take it another level. I don't want our children living in poverty. I don't want our children living bound to sickness and disease. I don't want our children living depressed and compressed in their minds and thinking they can I don't want our children not knowing the person and the power of the Holy Ghost I don't want our children not knowing the power of Pentecost and the power of the word I want our children to find their places in life whether it's teaching in a school system or owning a business or driving a truck or working at Kroger's or whatever it is I want them to do it with the anointing of God and walk in the perfect will of God and have what God has set aside for them. How many can agree with that? In Philippians chapter 4, I'll finish it up next week, but just look what it starts here. Verse 8. He says, back up to verse 6. He says, be anxious or worried for nothing. Nothing. But, 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 here's what the devil's going to do. But, but, but you're short this week. I had some guy, I don't even know, I can't remember his name. He handed me a fistful of money at the door for a certain person to come today to church. I didn't know that guy was going to come. He just said, here. Man, that's the way God does things. How many say amen? The left hand doesn't know what the right's doing. I'm telling you, God loves you. God has, and he wants us to understand the power of the word. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything but prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then, verse 7, the peace of God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. They amplified. God's peace shall be yours, and that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God, and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that power of peace which transists, transcends all understanding shall guard, garrison, and protect your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then, as you can read on in verse 8, it talks about what to think on, and we'll talk about that next week. He even gives us the answers to the situations in life. So praise God. Say this with me. Thank you, Father. I'm headed toward you, headed toward heaven, and you're teaching me how to walk in faith, in grace, in hope, Teaching me the power of my words. And I am learning how to trust you and walk with you and follow you.
In Jesus' name, amen. How many's ever ridden on the elevator? How many's ever ridden on the bottom floor of an elevator? How many knows when you get to that elevator, you've got to go push a button for it to come to you? You declare. How many knows when you get on the elevator, you've got to declare where you want to go? If you don't declare where you want to go, you're going to go where everybody else goes. That's the story of most people. They're going where everybody else goes, but they never ask God to lead them to declare where I'm supposed to go. And if you go to the hospitals like I do, there are certain rooms certain, or certain floors, you declare. Start thinking this week about declaring where you want to go, where God's put in your heart, where God's put in your heart, where God's put in your heart.